podcasting from my studio on a cool gray Friday in Portland, Maine. It's October 30th, 2020, four days before the election, and when they aren't tweeting with the president or being serenaded by Joe Biden, all eyes are on Maine's competitive U.S. Senate race between incumbent Republican Susan Collins and her Democratic challenger, Sarah Gideon. Joining me by phone today is Marianne Lynch. Marianne Lynch has been on the show before. She is a lifelong Democrat supporting Joe Biden for president and Susan Collins for Senate. Welcome, Marianne Lynch. Hi, Cynthia. Well, first, the presidency. You have roots in coastal Cumberland County as well as rural Aroostook County, both congressional districts in the state of Maine. There's been a lot of talk about absentee voting, but according to the latest Colby College poll, 60% of people who responded say said they still plan to vote on Election Day, and turnout is expected to be very high. Donald Trump is running against the shutdown as a strong man on the economy in the face of rising virus numbers. The first question, Marianne Lynch, is will Donald Trump's take COVID like a man strategy earn him an electoral college vote in the second congressional district in Maine, in your opinion? Cynthia, that's a great question. And I uh, have been trying to figure out who will uh, win and certainly uh, Biden will carry the state. But the second district, I believe, is still up up for grabs. Uh, First of all, uh, like many people, I think polls are very suspect after 2016, and I don't put a lot of stock in it. Um, secondly, I kind of sat down um, recently and, and was doing a, a pro-con on Trump. And while it's true that he supports white supremacist groups, that he's probably a misogynist, he's clearly a liar. Um, and it's also true that the cultural elite mock the Trump voter. Uh, I look at the other side of the equation and until COVID, the economy was going strong. Even during COVID, the recovery has been decent. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, today's Wall Street Journal, I think, reported that the economy rise was like very, very high, the highest it's been. Um, Yes, much, much higher than anyone expected. And then you add to that no new wars, a, a historic uh, peace agreement between the United Arab Emirates and Israel a month ago that would have probably garnered a Nobel Peace Prize if we had a Democratic president. Um, and then a Gallup poll, I think about a month ago, that said that while most people don't like Trump, 56% of Americans feel they're doing better today than they were four years ago. Uh, I guess I come down on the side that uh, Trump is probably going to pull it out in the first district. And of course, they're campaigning very hard. I'm sorry, not the first district, the second district. And the Trump campaign is uh, waging an energetic campaign in the second district. Now, you're supporting Joe Biden, a Democrat, for president. I voted for him earlier this week. (laughs) And you're also supporting Republican Susan Collins for Senate. Absolutely. What do you say to the person who might say, suggest you're canceling yourself by potentially denying a Biden presidency, a Democratic majority in the Senate? Yeah, I uh, I think that the um, Democrats have tried to nationalize this race, the, the Senate race. But by doing so, they are asking Mainers 
to vote against their own best interests. Uh, you know, the Obama ad really struck me this week because Susan worked so well with Obama. Describe she, the ad. Describe the ad, please, for anyone who hasn't seen okay, it, including so me. So Obama has done an ad endorsing um, Sarah Gideon and talks about how important it is to for the control of the United States Senate. But what's missing from that is that Susan worked very well with Obama. She led the Senate passage of his 2009 stimulus bill. She was the lead Republican, and without her support, don't ask, don't tell, would not have been repealed. Don't you she think so? Had- don't you think Senator Collins, though, understands that Obama has to make a, a commercial for Gideon? I mean, do you think she well, accepts that as I, part I of the I think game? the point is that, that this this has become a nationalized campaign, but it is not in the interests of Maine people. When Susan Collins is in line to become the chairwoman of the Senate Appropriations Committee, Maine has not had a chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee since 1933, almost 100 years ago. What She's about- brought $750 million already to Maine, and as chair of that committee, there would be much more of an impact. So, you know, the Democrats have nationalized this and they're basically asking Mainers to vote against Maine's best interest. But what about the Democratic Um, majority argument? Oh, I think I think that that's an interesting issue today. I personally think I have two responses to your question, Cynthia. I think many Americans actually want some divided government. I think there's a fear of one party being in complete power. Uh, So that's one response that I have. And then to your point about uh, Democratic judges, I don't think most Americans want judges that are Democrats or Republicans. Um, I think one of the great disservices to uh, our nation and politics in the last 30 years is the politicalization of the nomination process. Um, I found it fascinating that after four days of the Amy Coney Barrett hearings, and many people watched that, that a majority of Americans actually ended up supporting her nomination. And I think it's because she did not come across as a partisan firebrand. Well, I I do want to ask you about Justice Barrett um, a little later on in the show. Um, But just getting back to the Senate race for a minute, a whopping $150 million has been spent on the race, yet it remains essentially tied with Sarah Gideon ahead in the polls on average by about 4%, with a margin of error of about 4%. You've been around the lobbying block. These special interests that have poured essentially $90 million of that amount into the race, what are they... What's in it for them? What's at stake for these groups that are putting so much money into the state of Maine and the U.S. Senate race? Well, again, I go back to the nationalization of this race. The people who are pouring money into this race from outside of Maine um, largely don't care about Maine. They only care about the national race and who will be uh, the majority leader in the Senate. They really don't care about what's in it for Maine people. And uh, another thought I had this morning, though, is I'm not sure those polls are any more accurate than the um, 
the polls on Trump. The cancel culture is alive and well. And when I think about the 280,000 Mainers who went back to work because of the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, the 28,000 main small businesses that received money, those aren't people who are in a position to uh, say publicly their support for Susan Collins. But I think that we're seeing tens of millions of dollars being dumped into this race um, against Collins in the last week because the Democrats are afraid that despite all the money they have spent, um, I think their their uh, polls are showing maybe something a little bit different in uh, terms of who's really going to sh- turn out and vote. I think progressives might suggest that Senator Collins herself receives money from big groups, like there was a article recently, I think it was ProPublica maybe, that um, said equity, the, the stock market, Wall Street bankers were pouring money into Senator Collins' coffers because she had at the last minute, you know, did something great for, for wealthy people. Um, is that a message that's going to resonate? There's no question money has poured in from both sides. But I think there's also no question that much larger amounts of money have been pouring in on the Democratic side. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Sarah Gideon end this election with millions of dollars left unspent. Uh, Susan Collins, I think, has had to go out and raise money in response to uh, an unprecedented onslaught of dark money, interestingly. That's, um, <laughs> yes, that's very interesting because if Sarah Gideon ends the election with a lot of money, that even if she loses, she'll get some power. So um, about 4% of voters remain undecided, according to the most recent Colby College poll. So the race, mm-hmm. according to my calculations based on the registered voters and turnout and blah, 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 it seems the race could boil down to about between twenty five and 30,000 people. What do you say to the suburban women's demographic um, who might be on the fence about Susan Collins because of her vote for Justice Brett Kavanaugh? Like, why shouldn't that disqualify her in your in your view? Well, I don't think that's a vote that disqualifies her. I think it's a vote that qualifies her. She um, was the senator who asked for more information and a longer hearing process. She um, listened more than anyone I can imagine. She went out, she had a panel of uh, lawyers look at all of Brett Kavanaugh's decisions. um, And in the end, she determined that um, the evidence, um, well, I, I shouldn't say she determined the evidence wasn't there, but she determined that Brett Kavanaugh ought to be confirmed just as she has con- just as she voted to confirm all of Obama's nominees. Uh, there was no cor- corroboration of the Blasey Ford story, and uh, we still are a nation that I think respects due process. Uh, the sexual allegations have become almost a a, a, a weapon anymore. And uh, I would say to Mainers that they are fair. They expect their uh, representatives to do due diligence. And I think that Senator Collins did that. 
Now, two unenrolled candidates are on the ballot, Lisa Savage and Max Lynn, who combined are expected to garner about 5% of the vote, maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that might make a difference, thanks to ranked choice voting, if no candidate gets more than 50% on the first round. I'm curious, did you support ranked choice voting in the past, and is this what you wanted? I did not support ranked choice voting, and and having an election come down to uh, people who are perhaps more extreme or more on the fringe is not a way that I think elections should be decided. I would prefer a straight-up runoff election two weeks after the votes have been counted so we all get a chance to vote in a runoff. Now, Amy... Uh, no, it, it, it actually... Uh, I mean, it's quite ironic to me that this election could, in the end, be decided by Max Lynn or Lisa Savage voters. Yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) Now, Amy Coney Barrett was sworn in Monday to the Supreme Court of the United States. Susan Collins was the only Republican senator to vote against her confirmation. In your view, will that vote taken by Senator Collins help or hurt her next Tuesday at the polls? I think it was a very courageous vote. Um, what I have seen is a lot of criticism from conservatives that she sh- that she should have voted for Amy Coney Barrett. But I think Susan Collins was very courageous in saying that the process that the Senate adopted in 2016 with respect to Merrick Garland should have been the process that they used today. I think she made it clear that she was not Um, voting against Amy Coney Barrett on the substantive merits, but on the process and felt that this nomination should have been put forth um, by whoever is elected next week. Uh, Sadly, I think that um, that position um, probably hurt her more with conservatives then helped her with those on the left. There's a meme going around about Justice Barrett. It says like something like, oh, she only had two years in private practice. She never tried a case. She never did this. She never did that. You spent 10 years working very closely with Maine's chief justice and around judges of all kinds, and you also practice law and appeared before judges. Do you believe Amy Coney Barrett is qualified to serve on the United States Supreme Court? As I mentioned to you, I watched the hearings from start to finish. I also read a number of her decisions independently before the hearing started. Um, And I was very impressed with her analytical ability, her grasp of constitutional law, and her demeanor. On the issue of never being on the bench, that's just ridiculous. Of the, I don't know, I think 115 or 20 justices that we have had over the history of our nation, 40 of them never served one day on the bench, including stellar luminaries like Felix Frankfurter, Louis Brandeis, William O. Douglas, Earl Warren, and uh, most recently, Elena Kagan. So um, in fact, I think it's very healthy for a court to have among its members some that have not spent a career on the bench. So are you disappointed in Susan Collins for voting against her? Not at all. I think that uh, Susan Collins was very consistent 
and uh, took an approach that is totally respectable. She said, "What what we dis- what what the Republicans decided to do in 2016, they should do in 2020." What and about she didn't like changing the rules? So I respect very much what Susan Collins did as a as a position. What about and Angus King? He voted against her. Do you think he made the right decision? I don't think so. No, I don't think so because I think she was eminently qualified. So what's now, let, let me uh, Cynthia, can we cut that one back? Well, just what go ahead, amend your answer. Okay. Well, to the extent that his position was taken because of the change in the process, I agree with him. But to the extent that there's a suggestion that Amy Coney Barrett was not qualified, I disagree with. She was eminently qualified. And we have got to stop turning uh, our judiciary into baseball teams with red hats and blue hats. What is keeping you up at night, Marianne Lynch, four days before the election? What are you worried about? You know, I, I am not worried uh, about this country. I think that we are a country founded on a strong constitution. I, um, I think that many people thought the world would end in 2016 when Trump was elected. It didn't end. Uh, so uh, I'm not worried. What is bringing you hope? What is bringing me hope is the number of people who are engaged. Well, that's. I think if anything makes me worried, it's the social media and the silos of information that we find ourselves in. But um, uh, the number of people and young people who are engaged this election is a wonderful thing. Well, Marianne Lynch, thank you so much for joining Keep Up with Cynthia Dill. Okay, thank you. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye bye.